your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 193 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Canmore. And it is a Send Central Citizen Saturday. We have Margaret O'Toole this week. Great conversation about being from a day one season ticket holding family. If she found a way to convert that vaunted 10th year anniversary DVD, and a whole lot more. Then we get into some Sends in Europe updates. We've got updates on Robbie Yarventi, on Vitalia Bramov, and oh my gosh, we'll leave it at that. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Saturday, November 28th, and Pilsy, we have our second Who's Back of the Week. Oh my Gus is right. Philly franchise. That was an incredible save. And man, he's lucky he made that save. That was a clutch save for the result of the game. Bounces off a defenseman's skate right to an opponent. And Gus is there with the glove. Just a beauty, timely save from Philly franchise. Yeah, you absolutely love to see it. I mentioned on a recent episode, I I mean, it hasn't been a secret. I haven't been necessarily high on Gustafson ever since he came over to North America, but this can only mean good things about getting that confidence back that he needs to thrive. Remember, this is a 22-year-old goalie, younger than many in the Sens organization who are in similar spots. So credit to Gus, great save, great week in the Alsvin League, and he's got some of the best numbers in the entire league. So awesome to see for Gustafson. We've got plenty more Sends in Europe updates. We're going to save that for after our Send Central Citizen, but it was great to see in Gary Ock's latest. He's talking with Austin Watson. Welcome to the Royal Ottawa Golf Club, by the way, Austin. But in terms of coming to Ottawa, it's going to be a lot more than just golfing. He's here for hockey season, and it, it was a great note seeing in the article that he has spoken with two former senators who he happens to be skating with in Nashville, and that is Kyle Turris and Matt Duchesne, two guys with very different memories in Ottawa. Do you think that was a group conversation? Because if he's going to one, then the other, that is going to be polar opposite opinions. Yeah, I think maybe Kyle Turris uh, could tell him about the the city of Ottawa, all the great charities and uh, the layoffs. Su- yeah, <laughs> the the success that he had there, but Matt Duchesne probably would refer him to a real estate agent in Halliburton and be like, yeah, just just get a nice place in Halliburton. Don't worry about the hockey. So funny though, that, uh, that he has those guys, obviously two teammates from this past season when he was playing in Nashville, the article goes on to discuss, well, we've already talked about it, but it's just as awesome as it was when it was announced that Austin Watson, the reason why he's wearing number 16 is to honor Brian McGratton, a guy who's taken a similar path on the road to recovery from alcoholism. And that is just awesome to see because despite not being the most talented, I think it's fair to say Ottawa Senator of all time, Brian McGratton definitely made a lasting impression in his time as a Senator. Hey, I don't, I don't know about that statement, Ross. Like sure, maybe uh, like puck skills wise, he wasn't that talented, but at fighting and what he was expected to do, Brian McGratton was pretty talented in that regard, I'd say. Let's play a little Sens 
Central trivia on a Saturday. Who was the goalie who Brian McGratton scored his first NHL goal on? Wow, I I got nothing on that one. Yeah, I don't know. Hit me, hit me. Martin Brodeur. That's one for the trophy case. Yeah, that's one you'll definitely bring up every time someone's like, oh, you were a hockey player? Yeah, my first goal was on Brodeur. Not a big deal. Yeah, not bad, not bad. It's almost as prestigious as having your first goal scored on Craig Anderson. Man, actually saying that, though, how many players over the past few seasons have scored their first goal against Ottawa? Doesn't it feel like every other game? It was. It seemed like, yeah, last season, anytime they would like pregame highlight a rookie or a guy playing his first NHL game on the opposing team, you're like, well, we could chalk up him for a goal. Like, might as well hop on Bodog and uh, hit that prop bet every time. Yeah, well, hopefully the NHL supplying pucks because otherwise the Sens might be in debt just <laughs> having to give away pucks after guys get their first NHL goal and obviously want to have that as a mem- piece of memorabilia. For them. And one more note before we get to Margaret O'Toole and our Sense Central Citizen, our favorite segment every single week here on the Locked On Senators. We're obviously very excited because next week it's North Dakota Fighting Senators season. And we have interviews lined up to lead you right into those pod games, but an update on that Omaha pod. And originally it was a 40 game event over 20 days. Well, Pilsy, two games just got cut out. There was one positive test on Colorado College. They're quarantined until Tuesday. Now, the problem with that is that was the day they were supposed to play their first game in the pod. So, the NCHC has updated its schedule. UND will still play 10 games. None of the dates were changed, but three times were because we mentioned they're playing two games per day. But pretty nice of them to allow Colorado College. They're still going to be able to come in, but they will not play until December 9th, eight days into the tournament. Yeah, kind of a kind of a bottom feeder school as, uh, as far as the standing goes, not going to lie. But, man, this is an important year for all those kids at Colorado College. So good, good on them for fitting them into the schedule, making it work. And, yeah, those games aren't canceled. They're just going to be moved to the second half of the season when they're no longer in the bubble. So the season is going to run as, as per usual. And yeah, like you said, it doesn't affect UND much other than a couple changes in the times of their game. So that's great to hear. Hey, stay tuned next week as well. One of our UND guests is Alex Heinert, and he is the play-by-play voice of UND hockey. But Pilsy, not only is he that, he works at the Midco Sports Network. He will be broadcasting all 38 games in the bubble somebody make sure this guy's got some tea yeah some tea some water he better be doing his laga laga la vocal exercises <laughs> uh, for people who may not know what that is um but yeah that's that's impressive he's gonna have to know his stuff too that's a lot of coverage and you know we'll be there every step of the way as well here on the locked on fighting senators podcast we might update our twitter name just for fun over the next couple weeks because There's just so much injury. Jake Sanderson, Tyler Clevin, Shane Pinto, and Jacob Bernard-Docker, who will be wearing the assistant captain's A on his jersey. We asked Margaret about which one of those four she's most excited about and a whole lot more on this week's Send Central Citizen. All right, we're now excited to bring on this week's Send Central Citizen. It's Margaret O'Toole. You can follow her on Twitter at O'Toole underscore 19. Welcome to Locked On Senators Podcast. How are you doing today, Margaret? 
Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, it's a pleasure. And it's your second appearance on the show. We were joking off air that you were a part of the draft day episode, but it's great to catch up. We have to start at the very beginning. You're living in enemy territory, but you're from Ottawa. What's the origin of being a Sens fan? What are your first memories? So I have like a pretty traditional story. I guess you could say I was born a Sens fan because uh, I'm from Ottawa, grew up there. Shout out to Bell's Corners. And my dad was a season's ticket holder from day one. So he also grew up in Ottawa. And as soon as they got an NHL team, he was just all in. So I was really lucky to go to a lot of games growing up. And aside from that, we were like your pretty classic Canadian hockey family. We all played hockey. My dad was my coach. So, you know, just was a diehard fan since the beginning. That's awesome. Yeah, kind of like Ross, a real day oneer. Now, did you did you have any other fans in your family or were you guys all Sens fans seeing as you're in Ottawa? Oh, yeah, we were all Sens fans, all going to the games all the time. You know, there was no other team. So when they finally make the transition from bottom of the league consistently to starting to win, who was the one guy, and maybe not your Daniel Alfredsons, but a guy who you just connected with is like, this, this is my guy. Hmm. I really liked Martin Havlat. Nice. Mach Alfie, 9. Yeah, Alfie was definitely my number one. Um, but I liked Havlat a lot, Hosa. You know, those guys from the prime days when we'd be shouting, you know, pizza in the arena. Oh, yeah. So early on, I mean, Sens fans had no idea what was to come with the dismantling of a team. But what was your first senator that left where you're like, oh, damn, because you bring up Hosen, obviously signs a contract, gets traded that same day. That for me was the first like heartbreaking moment. And it was soon followed by Zdeno Chera leaving my two favorites growing up. But was that similar for you? I would say it was the Alfie one that was the worst for me, of course. I mean, for much of the city. Um, And then in the more recent dismantling, you know, after the 2017 playoff run, when it just started to be so disheartening the way every player from that was leaving, the one that really broke my heart there was the Mark Stone one. I was fine with a lot of the others, but once he was gone, I was just completely deflated from that era. Yeah, the Mark Stone was tough on everyone. And especially, I don't know about you, but I think the hardest part of Mark Stone leaving was seeing that friendship between Brady and Brady Kachuk and Mark Stone end. Like what a like what a perfect role model for Brady and he only gets a half a season with him. Oh, totally. And I just like, you know, he was such a great player. He had kind of that feeling like he was like the second coming of Alfie you know we drafted him low down and developed him and then he turned into this amazing player that the rest of the league didn't necessarily appreciate enough and I just really felt like it was supposed to be his team to guide through the rebuild he would have been the perfect person to do that and also you know boom I think there's your you know, top winger that you really need for goal production too. Yeah. Now you look at the depth chart and right wing is the least depth to it when you could have yeah. a number one franchise guy just right there. And you don't have to go through sense Twitter long. They're still standing up for the guy. Even when people are throwing some shade stones way, the first people it's not Vegas fans. It's still sense fans waiting for their potential would be, captain but to go back and you mentioned a fan since day one your dad's season ticket holder and 
with that comes some perks, whether it's the Sends at Your Service Dinner, whether it's the VHS that comes out after the 10-year anniversary market. We need an update. Have we figured out a way to have that converted? I need that content. I did figure out a way. So a Photoshop that I use nearby has video converting services. So I know where I can take it to get it digitized, but I guess, you know, I haven't checked on what the Toronto lockdown has done affecting that store's business yet. So it might get to wait a little bit till things open up here. So we'll see. Are you saying that's not essential? I I mean, to sense Twitter, it's an essential service, but Yeah, you know, I don't know. Oh, the jury's out. That's why we call it the heart of enemy territory. They can't even do us that favor. No fair at all. Uh, With the long layoff, like we're going on 262 days. Who's counting since the Sens last played a hockey game? But we have had some Sens in Europe. I saw some praise on your Twitter feed on Robbie Yarventi. Is he the guy who you've been following the most of the guys who are able to play right now? Um, I wouldn't say so. I don't think he's even the pick I'm most excited from for the recent draft, but he's definitely just been lighting it up over there. So you see everything online. It's hard not to get really excited about that, especially like you said, with so little hockey going on. Um, I think, you know, I've been mostly watching like what's the updates with Stutzla. Is he healing? Okay. That kind of thing. And uh, the World Juniors will be really great to watch because we'll get to see some of our prospects in action. We'll all actually get to watch hockey. Um, so really excited for that. Yeah, we're right there with you, hoping for hockey around the corner. Now, what about uh, UND? You got four Ottawa prospects there. Which of those four guys between Tyler Clevin, Jake Sanderson, uh, JBD and Shane Pinto are you most excited about? I feel like all of them have different intrigue and different stories. Totally. I think I'm definitely most excited for Sanderson. So I think with the whole prospect pool in general, somehow for me, it logically makes sense to be more excited about some of the defense because I think it's where we're really hurting. We really need some of those prospects to, you know, actually happen and come through. So Sanderson, I'm really excited about, and I, from things I've read and listened to lately, it sounds like in the next couple of years, he could be NHL ready. And I think that will make a huge difference to our blue line. So him, and I guess, you know, by that token, also Bernard Docker are my top UND prospects I'm watching. Oh, they're going to be so much fun getting underway next week. And it's going to be great too, because from December 2nd until December 20th, They're playing a pro-style schedule. So two games a day in the pod. It's going to feel like a little teaser of what's to come at World Juniors. Margaret O'Toole will follow you on Twitter at O'Toole underscore 19. If you don't already, you're missing out on unreal content. I'd love the pin tweet too. What you expected and what 2020 brings with the LeBreton Flats and then the Corral Center as we'll bring it right back to the start of your Sens days. Thank you for being a Sens Central citizen. Really appreciate it, Margaret. Thanks so much for asking me to come on and I love what you guys are putting out so much content while we all wait for hockey to come back. It's really great. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Margaret. Now, Pilsy, let's turn our attention back to our sends in Europe. We already highlighted Philly franchise for his heroics, but he wasn't the only goalie in the sends organization continuing to make noise overseas. 
Hashtag goalie friendly show. You know we're going to give you the updates on these tendies. And Mads Sogard, this kid is coming back home with a vengeance. Both games, he was the player of the game. He won his first two starts in Denmark, stopping 25 of 28 shots for a 5-3 win. You get that from Sens Prospects. If you don't already follow him on Twitter, you got to at Sens Prospects. But yeah, Mad Sogard, I'm excited to see what this kid has in store. Like the big Dane, he's he's going to dominate uh, over in Denmark. And I think when he comes back to the WHL, he's going to have an absolutely stellar season. I really hope so, because last season it felt like he took a bit of a step backwards. And that's not necessarily to say that it's going to continue going that direction. But when you're a second round pick, there are certain expectations that come with it. However, when you look in the past, goalies always take more time. This is still a 19-year-old for the next couple of weeks. Turns 20 on December 13th, but I am just excited to see him playing well. If you look at his numbers, they aren't necessarily great over the past year, year and a half. When you look at the World Juniors two years ago, well, actually, please don't. Um, but he had that great season in Medicine Hat that earned him the draft pick, whereas last year, a bit of regression on that save percentage, going from 921 down to 908. But Sparkling numbers with the Erzberg energy out in Denmark. Probably butchered that. Only good things when you look at the Sens goalie prospect pipeline. And that's not even mentioning Levi Merlinen, who probably has another 10 wins. We can't really track unless Sens prospects does in the junior league in Finland because Pilsy missed his scouting trip. But that's the good. We have to report everything, not just the great stuff. And Eels. Since losing their starting goalie, Lucas Dostal, who's gone over to prepare for the season with the Anaheim Ducks, yikes. They they were down 4-0 in a hurry in their game yesterday. Yarventi off the score sheet now for a couple straight games, and he only played 12 and a half minutes. That, to me, was the most surprising part. Yeah, we're used to talking about Yarventi and him racking up the points, but for the first time this season... With Ilves, Yarventi is pointless in back-to-back games. He's always been able to bounce back, and yeah, four-two loss, and they're on a four-game losing streak. Like this team is really struggling without their goalie. And Lassie Thompson, he played twelve minutes as well. Was a dash one, kind of same old, same old for him there. But you mentioned Yarventi playing twelve minutes was uh, was a low. He actually had a couple other games where he was uh, near that mark as well. I think. It seems like, and this is no secret, but Yarventi is a full offense guy. When things aren't really going well and it's not clicking, he kind of gets stapled to the bench a little more. So that's where you want to see Yarventi work on his consistency so that he can get out there for those shifts and to try to build some positive momentum without getting a point or touching the puck. Very fair to say that, Pilsy. But on the other hand, you're down 4 nothing. Don't you want your best shooter on the ice? At least that's what I would do. Same could be said for Jukurit because... Vitaly Abramov, at least they put him on the ice. This guy played over 22 minutes. They lost in overtime, but they lost 4-3, and he was a dash three. Yeah, uh, but you got to remember, this was his first game back after six games due to injury, right? So playing 22 minutes when you're just coming back from an injury is a lot to ask. And sure, he was a dash three, not great. But he had eight shots on goal. Like, that's, you can't, A for effort for Vitaly Abramov there. You can't really fault him. He was trying. And usually with eight shots on goal and a shooter as skilled and smart as Vitaly Abramov, one of those is bound to sneak in. So I'm not too worried about him. I think he's going to bounce back real nice in the next game. 
I don't know why I said 4-3. I meant to say 6-5. I was just reading the wrong part. So, hey, better to correct our mistakes right away rather than let them linger. But, hey, the beauty for both those guys is as we're speaking right now, it's about 11 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, November 28th, and both of them are in action. So another opportunity to get back on to the scoreboard. We've got a couple of great interviews coming next week. I teased the North Dakota ones. And we also have Christoph Schubert, the other German that sends fans know. Of course, Tim Stutzla on last week. And now we reminisce with Christoph Schubert. That's coming Monday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, Sens fans. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every day.